You know, after all of these shows, I think we're on, this is number 12 now. Yeah, yeah. We've never actually discussed, what is a discharge? <laughs> uh, oh, is that how we want to, you know, kick this one off? How, what, what is, is a, a discharge? How would you define a discharge, Robbie? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not walking dictionary, Jordan. Well, I'm God, sorry. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. With your words and your meanings, <laughs> uh, you, 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 your dictionary pufter. <laughs> dictionary pufter. There we are. I think we can. We we don't have enough inside jokes going on the show at the moment. So I think I think we can get going with dictionary, dictionary pufter. pufter. Um, I think we can add that under L in the verbal dictionary. Dic- Diction. Did you just discharge say the verbal dictionary? Verbal discharge. The verbal discharge. <laughs> the verbal dick charge, the <laughs> electric current running so close up the length that, of Jordan's shaft. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I oh. have attached a car battery to my nads. I, I'm not I'm, like it wouldn't even surprise me at this point. I don't think. No, it would surprise me. It would it certainly it's... surprise Jordan. <laughs> I mean, it's only him a shock. Uh, uh, there we go. And on um, that horrible note. Yeah, I I think it's time for us in, to introduce ourselves respectively. Um, my name is Robbie, and this week I wasn't voted as Wales's most stylish man, which was very disappointing. The award instead went to a man called Paul Stone, as in P-O-R-L Stone. Paul. Paul Stone, not as in P-A-L-U-L. P-O-R-L Stone. So that's, that's quite a funky name, is That's quite a fashionable it's name. Pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty cool. It's a cool name. He's an electrical engineer, age 56. Oh. Oh. And I was, I was beaten by him. I was beaten by Paul Stone, age 56. He's an electrical engineer from Pond de Prive. Is he fashionable and stylish at oh, least? Oh, yeah. yeah he, I mean, his jacket was quite nice, but I think I deserve to win. I'm just pretty... I mean, if you heard last week, you heard how up I was for Wales's most stylish man Oh, yeah, definitely. And to not even make the top 50 was devastating. I'm Jordan Reynolds. Sometimes I moonlight as a 56-year-old electrical engineer named <laughs> Paul Stone. <laughs> you, um, you, you horrible man. And I am James... I have never once been referred to as Brian. Oh, thank you for that, Brian. Uh, now, if we move on oh, to... Don't... A... Oh, I've gone my entire life without being referred to as Brian. Sorry. It wasn't even a good joke, was it? It wasn't even worth it, worth ruining the run. No, it's okay. I, that's that's what people should expect from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to us and you've gone, oh, those sound like thoroughly nice people, then you're in the minority. Because last week, at the end of the show, we asked you to send in uh, to either hello at verbaldischarge.co.uk or on our Facebook, uh, which would be facebook.com forward slash verbaldischarge or at verbaldisradio on Twitter. To or tell... a wood pigeon with verbal discharge scratched into the side of it with an old nail. And then if you just release it from your window, it should find us. Or if you just get your slave to direct it towards us. Um, most of them are trained with directions towards the studio. Yeah. But yeah, so we ask that you to send in who was your least favourite member of the Verbal Discharge team? And boy, the responses have been underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> but first, Jordan, who's your least favourite member of the Verbal Discharge team? Oh, see, uh, see, <laughs> I'm going to have to say James. I knew James. it, I knew it. It's just, it's just those people from Macclesfield. Oh, they God. are just oh, apes, oh. aren't they? They're all Dirty. I've never met Northern. someone from Macclesfield that I've liked. That I thought is actually a human <laughs> being. I should introduce you to Ian Curtis's remains. <laughs> I said, okay, would that qualify as meeting him? Uh, he's a friendly chat. I, I think I can't remember if I mentioned this or not in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. The house Ian Curtis killed himself in has gone up for sale. Mm. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I think I think someone's bought it. 
I wonder, <laughs> Not do, you. do you reckon most times when someone kills themselves in a house or someone dies in a house, the value goes down? But I bet you they're, they're oh, yeah. selling that for oh, more. Yeah, yeah, Through yeah. the roof. Um, okay, and in terms Which of... Which is a bit like what most of Ian Curtis's head did when he <laughs> shot himself. <laughs> Very good. Do you know what the worst thing about that joke is? He didn't even shoot himself. No, I thought, no he, yeah. he hung himself yeah. using a bit of washing line. That went down through the bottom of the house. Do you think like he hung through the, the trap door in the attic and then just fell through into the kitchen? I don't know where that's going. Uh, probably into Ian Kirsch's kitchen. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was like listening to you sort of spiral and ramble there. <laughs> I was like watching a descent into madness. I, I'm quite intrigued no, with that. No, Sokes, felt... Sokes didn't kill himself. Who didn't? Sokes didn't kill himself. It was Ian Curtis. Ian Curtis and the Blockheads. He killed himself. I'm, you've lost yeah, yeah. it. Descent into madness. Well, that's the tone of the show set. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, time to move into our first piece of feedback. Uh, comes from Jay, um, who adds a vote towards someone called Rob. I mean, I've never, never heard of him. Um, I think I think what she was she was trying to say you, but she didn't have the necessary character space on Twitter to explain who you were and why she doesn't like you. So she just had to refer to you as Rob. Yep. So that's me. Uh, there's one vote for James and one vote for me so far. Can we at least expand on? Because I'm not aware of th- this. Why did you take her table away? Oh yeah, I saw this. Jay's Jay tweeted back to us when we did our tweet saying, one more call for you to tell us which member of the verbal discharge team you hate. She quoted that in a retweet and then said, Rob, took away my poor table, hashtag bully. So, Rob, why mm. did you take away that table? Uh, greed, just because I'm a, I'm a nihilist. And I'm you just a... hoard tables. <laughs> yes, all kinds of tables, periodic tables, um, desks. Elemental tables. Ele- elemental, much like periodic tables, yeah. Um, all <laughs> kinds of tables. Every kind of table, I hoard them all uh, in my tabley fort that I built. Okay, <laughs> so cheers for getting in touch with us, Jay. Do, do we have any other feedback? We've got some feedback here from Gary Frost, who says... I dislike all of you equally. Aww. So that's a vote for everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's good, nice. good feedback. He doesn't. He doesn't want to, you know, make us feel left out with, uh, you know, hatred. Like, like, oh, Robbie got all the hatred, and I wanted some. <laughs> he's he's dished it out evenly. He's spread it like mm. a fine purveyor of toast. You're a very thoughtful <laughs> man. Speaking of hatred and Robbie, uh, my least favorite member of the Verbal Discharge team is, of course, you, Jordan. I would have guessed. Uh, I mean, sometimes. I, I lie in bed and I think about you and I think, do you know what? I can't bear that man with his, <laughs> with his hair and his nose and his, his general everything about him that's just, just, just I, I don't know whether it's that you're better than me and I'm jealous or whether you're just worse than every other human being I've ever met. Um, but I just can't bear you, Jordan. And I want you to know that I mean that from the heart. I really, really hate you. Thank you, Robbie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also, uh, the third and final person who got in touch with us to say who they hate the most of the Verbal Discharge team was our very own Ben Knight. Never heard of him. Who simply said, me. And similarly, <laughs> my least favourite member of the Verbal Discharge team is Ben Knight. Mm. Why? Because he's he's just a, he's just an increasingly bald arsehole. <laughs> and, and that's that's relevant because he's in the last hour of recording this shaved all of his hair off. <laughs> he's also never here, so he's never got yeah. the chance to to reply. Does that make 
Ben the most hated person on Discharge? So Ben's got two votes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ben's got no. Ben's, Ben's got, got three got votes. Three. Ben's got three votes. I've got two. You've got two, Jordan. James, you've also got two. Ben, which means that Ben, you, if you're listening, the most hated member of the Verbal Discharge team. So that's why we don't have him on this week. Because that's he's hated. He's never on because we all hate him. Just immensely. Welcome to Verbal Discharge. Please leave your message during the tone, which is right now. So please continue listening after the tone. So guys, do you know what film is out today? Still Alice, signed Julianne Moore. No, Chappie, by, with, or... We start that again. <laughs> uh, Chappie, directed by Neil Bloomkamp. But I've already seen it. I saw I saw it last oh. night. I went to a midnight showing. Now, obviously, I understand that you two haven't seen the film yet. Have mm-hmm. not seen the film yet. And that's okay. I'm only a little bit disappointed in you both. Now, as you may well be aware, there's a good good deal. It's quite well cast, actually, the film. There's a good mm-hmm. bunch of actors and actresses in it. And one actor who really, really stood out for me, his performance just shining through all of the other shit fests by all of the other non-important Dev Patels and the like. I like Dev Patel. Leave Dev Patel alone. To be fair, he was quite good. He's great. I like Dev Patel. I really like Dev Patel. I'm in love with Dev Patel, Mum. There's nothing you can do about it. Does he he even do anything anymore? Yes, we're getting married. Dev Patel. Dev Patel, yeah, of course he does stuff. He's He's in Jappy. He's got two films. He's got two films in cinemas. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Two films in cinemas right now. He's got a monopoly on the industry. Jordan, leave Dev Patel alone. But going back to it... Though you are invited to the wedding. What I've got here are some facts about my favourite actor from Chappie. And Dev that Patel. Is, no, Hugh Jackman. Okay. Now, Huge. in the film, Hugh Jackman spends most of the film speaking in the most senselessly exaggerated Australian accent, carrying Ooh. a rugby ball everywhere <laughs> and okay. wearing, like, knee-length beige shorts. James? Yeah? James? James? Is this because he's Australian? Yes. Is, it, is that why? <laughs> yes. Is that why? Yes. Hugh Jackman is the world's most Australian man. And I wanted to celebrate what? that and just explore some of his life with you. Okay. So I've gone onto yeah. his Wikipedia article mm-hmm. and I've collected some facts about him. Okay. And I'd just like to read them to you and just, just see what okay. you make of these. Okay. Okay. Oh, genuine facts about him. Okay. Hugh Michael Jackman, born the 12th of October 1968, is mm-hmm. an Australian actor, producer, cage fighter, Semi-professional <laughs> crocodile wrangler, and a fullback for the Australian Wallabies rugby team, self-proclaimed barbecue guru, and singer who is involved in film, musical theatre, circus events, internationally recognised rugby tournaments, and television. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's just, true. Just a bit of an introduction. So just, a, just a that quick fly. An impressive introduction. I think oh, yeah. he's more of a centre than a fullback these days. But true, yeah. Well, I think he's best known as a fullback. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That's fair. I, I, swear, I, I when... swear I didn't just have to double check what that was on the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jackman was born in Sydney, New South Wales, the son of Grace McNeil and Brucey Bruce Jackman, a Cambridge-trained accountant. <laughs> His parents were English and had come to Australia in 1967 when a celestial apparition appeared before them, prophesizing the coming of their son, Hugh, who was destined to be the most Australian man the world has ever seen. <laughs> before men, as in like a grill or... <laughs> I, I meant to say before them, but I, for some reason I said like foreman. I said be foreman as though like... George's uh, son. 
I, I was thinking more of kind of like a bee worker who oversees the work of the other bees in their industrial right, bee like construction honey plants. bee yeah. sites. The bee foreman. <laughs> Hugh was born atop Air's Rock and was rumoured to have emerged from the womb already wrestling a full-grown alligator. He was visited by three wise blokes who brought him <laughs> gifts of gold, frankincense, and a taped VHS copy of Australia's 1991 World Cup victory, in which they triumphed 12 to 6 over England. Mm-hmm. All true facts. All true facts. They, that they, is true. They did. They did win the Rugby World Cup in 1991. And he was visited by three wise blokes. That's a yeah. painful birth coming out with a fully grown alligator. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! He, he wasn't born with the alligator. His mum like sort of squirted little baby Hugh out uh, straight onto an alligator. <laughs> That's the second time which you've he immediately said that on started air. wrestling. That's the second time you said squirted out a baby. It's just a in job. reference to birth. Yeah, it's a disgusting term, but I think that's why I like it. (laughs) Jackman went to primary school at Pine Bile Public School, where he quickly established a reputation for himself following his confessed love of fine cigars and already fully developed sideburns. Yep, those those are true. I know that because I was there. (laughs) You were there at Pimbile Public School. Yes. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled P-Y-M-B-L-E. Pimbile. Pimbile. Yeah. Pimbile. Pimbile. In the jungle. Okay, fine. The lion sleeps tonight. I was just imagining... Hugh Jackman uh, sleeps tonight. See, I was imagining Hugh Jackman with a glorious Jackman-y mane. And his, <laughs> yeah, it's, his it's, it's like, burns, like ruffling in the wind. That's actually... <laughs> it's actually in Australia. Um, that's what they call where you plug, like, sockets into the Hugh Jackman-y manes. He studied at the University of Technology, Sydney graduating in 1991 with BAs in a wide variety of subjects, mm-hmm. including communications, gator wrestling, <laughs> rugby management, and creative expressive therapies. His catering dissertation and autobiographical memoir, titled Tossing a Shrimp on the Barbie, How I Learned to Love Again, is widely regarded as one of the greatest literary and catering accomplishments of the late 20th century. Incredible. Mm. And entirely factual. All true. All deadly, deadly true. In 1999, Jackman was cast as Wolverine in Brian Singer's X-Men adaptation. Wolverine was tough for Jackman to portray because he had a few lines, whereas Hugh had always considered himself a man of action, and he would otherwise only speak to request someone pass him a beer or the rugby ball in the World Cup game he was playing in. <laughs> yeah, of course, because he scored in the 99 World Cup final, didn't he? And secured Australia's victory. Yeah, against France. As I'm sure we'll all remember. Did he have, just interestingly, did he have a limited language or did he just choose not to speak? He chose not to speak. He took a vow of silence so I'm... that he could understand the true importance of <laughs> vocalisation. I'm enjoying the, the many references this is and light this is shedding upon his song and dance background, which, of course, he's well known for. He did a lot of stuff with uh, musical theatre. Exactly. He did, um, he did, he's done a lot of stuff in Tibet recently, hasn't he? Um, he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a been, big like advocate for meditation yeah, and things he's, and he's, yoga. He's mm. um, set himself on fire with the Tibetan monks, but obviously, <laughs> obviously, his sideburns keep him from the flames because they burn <laughs> for a good hour before he gets to his face. He's got an aluminium. Adamantium. Adamantium. Aluminium. Skeleton. You're about to say he's got a stainless steel skeleton. <laughs> It's really got, feeble, but got God rust- damn, it's clean. Damn my rusty <laughs> iron skeleton. But if you dip it in the wrong acids, then it just wears away. Hugh is also noted for his several strange mannerisms, including never being publicly seen without a can of Fosters in hand, <laughs> bathing each day in a tub of 100% pure undiluted Vegemite, and his unfortunate habit of excreting pure testosterone from his eyeballs every 22 minutes without fail. It sounds like, <laughs> see, it sounds like one of the blokes on the back of the bus in Telford. 
Except, what? except, except, instead of excreting testosterone, he's crying because he's just lost. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, there's usually a guy on the back of the bus where around where I live, and he always has a, like a four or eight. You, cans yeah, of you fosters. told this story the other week, and he's crying. Yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, it was the, did I tell you about a crying man on the bus? Yeah, you told us. About I'm crying... sure he didn't tell us about a crying he man did. on the bus. He did on episode ten. You can go back and listen to it if I, you want. I, Bloody skin tight missile. Can we can we insert the voice clip here of Jordan? I, I will insert telling the us voice about clip the man here. crying on the bus. Yeah, yeah no, I you did. I don't think I did. Used to be this this, this guy, and he he wasn't he wasn't um and he wasn't a un, well he wasn't pleasant, but he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't a nasty, he wasn't a malicious yeah. person, but he was he was constantly drunk and he was always on my bus to college. <laughs> Wow, that really was an interesting clip of Jordan telling a story about a man crying on the bus. I really oh, wait, enjoyed... oh, actually, we should in case it didn't happen, we should record another one. So Oh wow. Oh Robbie, we told you so. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. That was that was fascinating not hearing anything. See, and now we've covered both bases. I was right. And and, yeah. and then and then, <laughs> then say I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> the full spectrum of emotion there. If only you got that chance. I was somewhat right. middling in my estimations. <laughs> in 2008, director Baz Luhrmann cast Jackman to replace Russell Crowe as the male lead in his much-publicised epic film, Australia, mm. which was comprised entirely of 165 minutes of footage of Jackman's penis. <laughs> film uh, critic Roger Ebert gave what, the film what. three stars out of four, noting... Baz Luhrmann dreamed of making the Australian Gone with the Wind, and so he has, with much of that film's lush epic beauty <laughs> shown in the rich tapestry of Hugh Jackman's majestic scrotum. I'll tell you what, Nicole Kidman's amazing in that film. <laughs> <laughs> the tapestry of his scrotum. Have you never referred, like, heard a scrotum being referred to as a tapestry? Have you That's never seen Hugh Jackman's time. penis? <laughs> I've seen his penis, but not his tapestry balls. <laughs> On my scrotum, um, sewn into it, I've got a chronicling of the entire the Battle of Trafalgar. I um, with a, with a very very fine blade, I carved the entire Bible into mine. <laughs> <laughs> How long did that take you? Um, well, actually, it was the monks that did it. Oh, okay. But, but I just I kind of oh. kicked back, cocktail, you know. In November 2013, Jackman announced he had had a koala removed from his nose. He had a second koala removed from his nose in May 2014. Was that the other nostril? Yes. Mm. Telling Associated Press that he expects to have future recurrences. <laughs> <laughs> he often has koalas and other like Australian wildlife just shooting out of his orifices. Boomerangs come out and they go back in. Yep, they go straight out of one nostril and into the other. Oh, Imagine that, thinking... like if you sneezed and it all just went back in after it, it's it a bit like have, have you ever seen those sort of like cuckoo clocks where yeah. where the people like come out on a on a little railroad yeah. track <laughs> and they go from one end and come out and like maybe do a bit of like wood cutting or something and go back in. It's like one of those, but a boomerang just slides out, curves around, straight back in. What See, you're saying know. is that Hugh Jackman's face is like like an episode of Campbellwick Green. Exactly. I, I don't know why, but when we started talking about boomerang, boomerangs and Hugh Jackman, I just imagined that he had boomerang nipples. And the thing with the things with them are is that they're just really long, so they're still attached. <laughs> so when he swings them, obviously they're going to come back. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> They have to CGI them out in every yeah. X-Men film. He takes yeah. his top off inevitably. They, that is just CGI nipples because they yeah. are about 12 inches long. Look closely in Les Mis and you can actually see them coming through the clothes. <laughs> Jackman also uses his Twitter account for charity. On the 14th of April 2009, Jackman posted on his Twitter page that if Happy anyone could best Jackman. him in an arm wrestle, 
he would donate $100,000 to a non-profit charity of their choosing. As of March 2015, he has not yet been defeated. <laughs> has he donated anyway? I think so. I like the... Oh, I like... He's actually... Credit to him. He does quite a lot for charity, actually. He's yeah. quite a nice bloke. I like he the fucking, like, things. the world's strongest man yeah. saying, like, I'm the world's strongest man. If you're stronger than me, then I'll give all my money to, like, cancer research. Which I think is... this with, like... Do you remember the... I can't remember which, like, toilet paper brand it was, but it was like, oh, for every wad of toilet paper you buy, mm. we'll plant a tree. And you think... You've clearly got the means to plant trees anyway. And yeah. You're using that to coerce people into buying your like loose and paper that they're going to wipe shit with. Do you think there's like someone somewhere who is his job to plant trees for like uh, Andrex? That's an interesting job. He and has like yeah. a little counter. But you think you think that clearly he must be like sitting around waiting until like they get the sales figures and he's like, yeah, you can plant another one now. Oh, cheers, Deborah. And he goes and like holds <laughs> it in the ground. I, I like, think he's just he, sitting I around. I think he has like a little counter that's connected up to all the shops. Every time someone someone buys something, one of the products at the till, little tip <laughs> goes down. He's like, okay, one more. Okay, plant a tree. You know. And every and now and again, down. he looks over and like it's going up by fifty at a time. He's like, oh, oh <sighs> he's getting really behind because he's the only one. Like it's a tough job. He needs six or seven members of staff at least. He needs a subordinate tree planter really, but they're not granting it to him. Jackman plays the piano, does yoga. Sometimes wears a hat decorated with bits of hanging cork attached with string <laughs> and once rode an emu onto the set of X-Men 2. I like to think when you say bits of hanging cork, it's just like he's rooted bits from the <laughs> town in Republic of Ireland. That's all it is. Yeah, he's just like got churches hanging from his hat. <laughs> he's got like clumps of dirt and whiskey. <laughs> just, out of, just out of interest, what is the purpose of the hanging corks on those hats? What are they for? Um, in my research for this, I mean, I mean, when I was getting this from his Wikipedia page, um, I I did see a sort of list of stereotypes. I, they're they're baffled as to where this <laughs> this uh, idea came from. Yeah, it, it's like there is no reason to wear a hat with bits of cork hanging from it. Yet for is some it... reason, the world has assumed that Australians are big into it. Uh, probably because they are. Does it keep the hate hat weighted down? <laughs> I think you're going to keep the hate weighted down. <laughs> uh, I really don't know. To be honest with you, I, I don't think it serves any purpose. Could be like an no. Australian dream catcher. An Australian dream catcher. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what, how I refer to Hugh Jackman. He's <laughs> the equivalent of the, the American dream is like working your way up from the bottom to the top. He's the also American, um, the Australian the... dream is just being Hugh Jackman, <laughs> <laughs> the writer of the great Australian novel. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, a man all of us Australians can aspire to. Now I take that Hugh Jackman is the most Australian man in the world, and I raise you Nick Cummins who is a Australian rugby player who is often referred to as the most Australian man in the world for his... I mean, he's sort of well-known. He's a pretty decent player, but uh, he's known as the Honey Badger. Right. And I mean, actually, actually, I've got a clip here in which I believe he explains it. I'll play you a clip from Nick Cummins, um, the Honey Badger, the most Australian man in the world. So you nearly got a try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over and had a head over biscuit. It was a... Uh, what? It was a, it <laughs> a stability there for myself, but... Um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. What's your philosophy on attack with this team? Handle them, basically. Yeah, um, <laughs> up the guts, and then uh, wow. yeah, swing it wide and, and uh, in the corner. And finally, um, the honey badger, your nickname. Can you explain why? The, the badge. Um, oh, look, you know, long story short, basically uh, there's a documentary on uh, National Geographic or Animal Planet, one of them Fox <laughs> setups, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched this, this thing, and this honey badger was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with a male lion, and um, I managed to... It was un underneath him, well, the underdog, obviously, but he, on his back, 
corner and away. One, two, and then buddy, the the big fella, Canasta's um, <laughs> clawed off, and and he trotted off around the corner and fell over, and the badger gets back up, and I thought, what an animal, you know, it's bloody, <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> Thanks so much. Good to meet you. Wow. He was a horrifyingly Australian man. My favourite um, Nick Cummins quote is after a match that the Western Force team plays for had lost horribly. The boy who fell out of the tree. We just weren't in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's famous for coming up with like, these lines after the game. I like that. Head over biscuit. <laughs> it's falling head over biscuit. <laughs> head over biscuit, Mike. So oh, that... by the way, if you're interested in hearing me do more shit accents, keep listening because we've got some, some exciting stuff on the way. The other thing about Cummins is that he, or the, the badge, as he's known, uh, he refers to tries as meat, meat pies, um, pies and tries. Why? So that's oh, when he said... I was, rhyming I was, slang. Yep. He said, I was looking for some meat. Um, and so that, that that's often a, a thing that the honey badge is I just thought meat. he was, like, running around at crotch level. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just visiting a butcher's mid-game. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Like Sometimes players get deliberately simbined in order to pop off to the butchers. Well, yeah, just have a steak. Yeah, they need their protein, don't they? <laughs> Big fellas. No. Please, we've run out of bacon. <laughs> can you, like, do a dodgy tackle so we can send you down butchers and <laughs> grab some beef? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Australia. It's a wonderful evening here with the cast of Verbal Discharge. So, uh, on the Australian theme, actually, there's a bit of a theme running through this show. Uh, the Cricket World Cup is currently going on in Australia. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And Australia doing all right. England, however, are not. Aww. Um, Which led to a, a headline in the Daily Mail, the single greatest of all the papers. Agenda push. De- what? Sorry? Depending on what it is that you're, you're looking for. If you're looking for just like... Right wing, uh, agenda pushing... Crap, yeah. Sensationalism. Um, Sensationalism, there's the word. Daily Mail is the paper for you. Yeah, so they wrote a story. This was a headline. England's World Cup shambles owes more to Annie Hall than Moneyball. And you don't need stats to tell you that. Yes, you do. Yeah. What? I, well, I, I, exactly. How are they relating reaction. it to Annie Hall? I don't I understand. read the article and there was no reference of Woody Allen or Annie Hall or anything along those lines. Uh, nor any men- and there was a fleeting mention of Moneyball, um, and that got me got me thinking. Um, I think essentially what it came from was the idea that there's a line at the start of Annie Hall that um, okay. right. life is full of such misery and unhappiness, and yet it's over much too quickly. Okay, and essentially that's what that's exactly what was going on with the England cricket team. <laughs> it was misery and happiness is over too quickly. Misery and failure. Yeah, but that got me thinking. So this year's cricket World Cup. Uh, I've done a minimal amount of research on it, so facts may be a bit all over the place. I thought, well, what if we put those two together? What would the Cricket World 2015 Cricket World Cup look like as a Woody Allen film? Uh, oh, I'm <laughs> fascinated to find out. And so I wrote a script quickly yesterday, and I'm hoping it's all right, because I've sent it on, and we're now going to read it out. If um, the parts are essentially uh, Scott Johansson and Hugh Jackman turn up later on, uh, does anyone want to be Scarlett Johansson? If James, I'm assuming you're you're taking Hugh Jackman. Uh, I'll do Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Does anyone want to be Scarlett Johansson, Jordan, or should I take that? Or... Um, I'll do Scarlett. Yo. What's What's your best Scarlett Johansson impression? Oh God, I don't even know what she Scarlett sounds like. Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Um. Would Woody Allen? Um. How uh, is anyone after? Oh God, I cannot do a Woody Allen. Where's no. Ben when you need him? He's off being bald. 
Ben does a good Woody Allen voice. <laughs> uh, shall I take Woody Allen? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. And does anyone want Mia Farrow? Um, anyone for Mia Farrow? Who's, Start who is of Mia Farrow? Rosemary's Baby and uh, I think like 12 Woody Allen films. They were married for a bit. And if, it, if all of us can take one of Mia Farrow, Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. So Jordan, as seeing as Diane Keaton is the mayor of Telford, um, the right <laughs> honourable Diane Keaton. Are, okay. you, are you up for that? I'm up for Diane Keaton. And James, if you take Mia Farrow. Okay, I don't know who she is, but I'll give it my best shot. She's I don't even know what Diane Keaton sounds like. Pointy face. Um, <laughs> pointy face. Sort of g- giddy. Giddy. Know. Um, excitable. Wait, 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 wait. I've, I've Googled Mia Farrow. Let me just get a quick look at her face and I can imagine what... Oh, her. Oh, God, I don't know how she sounds. All right, sure, let's give this a whirl. It's sort of like faint and quite quiet. Like oh, ghostly. Mia Farrow. I'm all, I'm all farrowy. That'll anyway, do. that's let's enough deliberating, shall we? Um, let's get going. Let's play the jazz music and cue up the titles for cast in alphabetical order, which I always assume Woody Allen just does because his surname begins in A. Woody Allen as Owen Morgan. Mia Farrell as Amy de Villiers. Of course, this would come up sort of in that the Woody Allen font on the black screen. But... Oh, that's me, I'm Mia Farrow, and I'm really quiet. And the right honourable Diane Keaton, Mayor of Telford, as Michael Clark. That's <laughs> <laughs> as Michael Clark. <laughs> okay, uh, this takes place in Australia. Okay. Interior, Australia. I've got it written in the script, um, which it isn't, but whatever. Let's let's just play it. I I I I cannot believe it. I 111 runs. I should have played for Ireland. At least then I would be surprised we're existing rather than losing. Oh gee, oh my! What a big score we're beating you by. Well, that's just swell. That really is terrific. <laughs> that's you, Diane Keaton. That's my Diane Keaton. You 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 say terrific. I say terrible. It's it's like I'm a fish, you know, and and and, and you're a shark. A great big shark, you know, eating me up. Oh, well, I don't know about a shark. Hey, at least you've got some points. <laughs> that's me, a pharaoh. That's what, that's what her face looks like, it sounded like. Oh, hey. <laughs> at least you've got some points. Unlike, oh, wait, no, only Scotland. Only Scotland are doing worse than you. And the UAF. That's an empty threat, Clark, eh? Clarky, Clarky, are you, are you all in league? Oh, oh, so there's some great ma- multinational o- organization for the hunting of English cricket. We are, we are a fish, but you're you're the collective fishmongers <laughs> of the world, and 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 you're short on cod. That's an unreasonable metaphor. A fish could never hold a cricket bat. Um, okay, and now I think that depending on the era of Woody Allen film, depending on when it was made, it then spins off in a number of different directions. <laughs> However, regardless, he still gets the best line for himself. So, if it takes place in the late 60s or early 70s... Well, well I am a fish. Disguise is pulled off. <gasps> Sorry, I didn't see my cue to gasp. He is a fish. And then there's sort of a, a bit of a romp where he's a fish for a bit. And then, do you want, do you want to do that bit from the mid-70s to 80s? Mid-70s what? to 80s, yeah. Well, well no, I'm, I'm a fish, but there's plenty more fish in the sea. And, and I'm just in love with the opposition captain. I'm in love with Michael Clark. It's, it's like Romeo and Juliet, or like, like Scrooge and Belle, like, like Freud and Young. Um, or if it's from the 90s, we cut away to a big fish playing cricket. Or if it's from the noughties, f- fish are great, but I couldn't recommend them literature. Oh, hey, it's me, Kevin Peterson, played by <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> 
Scarlett Johansson. Oh, oh, hey, Kevin. And hey, Hugh Jackman. I mean, I mean, other cricketer. I'm a big star, just desperate to add, worked with Woody Allen to my CV. And now I say a zinger. And it takes place in the 2010s, the current decade. Oh, can I be Owen Wilson? You can be Owen Wilson. You can take Owen Wilson. Fine. Well, what I'm trying to say is that being the captain of the England cricket team is horror, especially when you're me, Owen Wilson. God, that is just awful. Well, that may be, but just because I'm Emma Stone now doesn't mean the metaphor works. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Nobody is going to believe that Alec Baldwin is a cricketer. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that they will. Good God, Wilson. I'm supposed to be a professional athlete, not a sleazy businessman. That's what I'm cast for. You should have cast somebody else. I just consider this a stage in every young actress's career. Hey, leave the fourth wall alone. Was that? It's worth saying that last one was meant to be Woody, Woody, Woody Allen. Allen again. Allen. I realise that any notion of accent or voice <laughs> we, we put on at the start was just gone by the end of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how that was to listen to or follow to our listeners, but I, uh, I hope they got a kick. <laughs> I also appreciate that that began life as a sort of centre for the Cricket World Cup and just became like, I've seen enough Woody Allen films. I'm going to guess that like, I'm going to, hey, have you noticed that now the Woody Allen part is played by like, Owen Wilson or Jesse Eisenberg. Sure. I'm Hugh Jackman. Can I just do this as Hugh Jackman's voice for the rest of the show? Yes. There's also, I've told Robbie about this, haven't told you about it, Jordan. There's a brilliant, brilliant bit in Chappie when he's like holding Dev, Hugh Jackman's holding Dev Patel down on a desk and he's pointing a gun at him. And he says to him, it's a deadly serious line, oh, you've made me cross as a sog in a... No, let me <laughs> As a sog. You've made me cross as a frog in a sock, mate. <laughs> I wish you'd said it's cross as a sog, or better, yeah, a pog, like one of those little spinning wheel trading oh, things. Oh, I remember those. To give yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, pogs. Yeah. Didn't you used to get them in, like, packets of crisps? And things? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember, like, the spinny Beyblades you used to give out in, like, Watsits as yeah, well? Yeah, they were Yeah, cool. and I had Bay them banned Bays. from school. Like, you made me cross as a frog in a sock, mate. As a Beyblade in a sock. Do you remember when Beyblades were like that? After they got banned from schools, they became like an underground like, yeah. Beyblade trading ring and people would like bring in bits with like metal and sharpened metal <laughs> on them. You, like... Did you ever take part in like Beyblade competitions? Yes. And, yeah. yeah. I was really into it. Yeah. At my primary school, um, because if, if you remember in the like Beyblade cartoon, yeah. it was there just purely yeah. to sell Beyblades. Yeah, yeah. Um, the different like Beyblade users, I don't know what to refer to them as. Players, Beybladers, Beybladers. They'd, they'd form gangs mm. and the school, yeah. the, prime, the head was really concerned because kids were like forming Beyblade gangs <laughs> and roaming around and challenging other gangs to Beyblade fights. <laughs> it, it, was, it was quite the ordeal, but mm. also very, very fun. I remember I had a like grand final, I had a, a local rival, um, Tom Shipley, if you're listening, uh, I've never forgiven you for that one time you beat me, even though I, I, I hold I was the better blader. Um, and we, yeah, we'd like on a regular basis face off and like keep stats against each other um, and then trade bits up and keep progress like as, as rivals. Like, you know, in the Pokemon games, like when your rival is always like oh, he's Gary slight, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's always slightly better than you, but you end up beating him anyway. Are you telling me that you all left him with the name Gary? Well, well I think oh, like using my incredible in fact this is a mark for how little my sense of humor has developed since i was like six seven and first played that game mm -hmm. i think i like it gives you just enough letters to call him bastard which <laughs> i really liked 
And it's, it's, it's always funny at the start of the game when Professor Oak's giving out the Pokemon. Like, oh, there you are, bastard. <laughs> Pokemon Master Bastard enters the Bastard ring. wants to fight. <laughs> oh, oh, I was never clever enough. You know, when some people put like some really good bits that work in a variety of situations, mm. I never did. It was always like, poo bomb. <laughs> that was I, had a, of I had a Nidoran called Shit King. Um, and that, that, that he was like my prize Pokemon back on yellow. <laughs> I had an X Cloud called Crumpet on Emerald. Oh, I like that. Emerald. Was, that, was a, that was a proud moment. Emerald's... Getting Crumpet to level 100. Emerald's Do you want to play game? some Pokemon Blue with me? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I've got the link cable. <laughs> I can trade you my vile plume for your Lapras. <laughs> Oh, I'm not funny. That was really <laughs> tender, cool. Uh, that was no, no that was that no, was worse. No. I just thought, go oh, James is in a bad joke. Let's bail him out by doing a worse one. Did you ever see the episode of um, Pokemon that wasn't aired in the West? Yes, because it oh, had similar number, yeah. because it had similarities with the 9/11. Oh no, um, which one was I this? It, it was due to air, I think, a few weeks after the like Twin Towers incident, and it mm. involved giants Pikachu like, driving a plane into the Twin Towers, screaming a la. Ash Ketchum Bard. What, what am I doing? God, we could be anyway, close again. Yeah. Um, is this the part where, like, we, we depict Pikachu crossed with the Prophet Muhammad? <laughs> and then we have, like... Oh, well, uh, there's the podcast art sorted. Je suis discharge. So many This is the stupidest thing, the stupidest thing we've ever done. (laughs) So a few days ago, I received a phone call, which typically, you know, isn't that much of a big deal. But when I was receiving the phone call, I noticed that it was coming from a blocked number. If I ever get a phone call from a blocked number, that usually means that there's someone trying to contact me to sell me something. Yeah, yeah. Or they're trying to just in some way claim it. General telemarketing. Terrible people. So Awful people. As a result of this, I am now used to answering the phone to any block number in a Scottish accent and will mm-hmm. try to have as much fun as possible. What is about to follow is the closest recreation <laughs> I can recall of a conversation that happened a few days ago on the phone with me. Um, Robbie, can you make... It's, it's like a crime watch like reconstruction. reconstruction. Um, Robbie, as someone who doesn't have a voice role in this segment, yep. could you please voice the phone? Yeah. Uh, Jordan, of course, will be playing the role of Joel, Joel. who was the man who called me. No, 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's just interrupt that right there. <laughs> I do not have a Motorola from the mid nineties. <laughs> what? Don't you? No. <sighs> um. Do a do the um kind of. Do you know what like the typical alarm sound is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll go with that. <laughs> this is me answering the phone. Yuri. Hi there. Is that Mr. Boston I'm speaking to? <sighs> he certainly is, Paul. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm calling you today, Mr. Boston, on behalf of First Callers UK. And before you get worried, I just want you to say that I'm not trying to sell you anything. Oh, or he, I'd, I, I certainly hope not. So um, the reason I'm calling you today is regarding a road accident you may have been involved in in the last two or three years. Aye, aye, I was, I was wondering what was, what was going to happen with that. 
So what you're saying is that you have been in a road accident in the last two or three years? Oh, yes, yes, I was. It was a terrible accident, like... Okay, Mr. Boston, um, have you ever tried to claim compensation for this accident? Well, I, I tried once, like, but it seemed like a lot of hassle, so I just thought, you know, best not. Okay, Mr. Boston, it's showing me on the screen that there is an amount that you could collect for this accident. Oh, all right. Yes, sir, it's showing me here that you could be entitled to upwards of £2,000. Oi! Would you be interested in claiming that at all? Oi, you bloody bet I would. Hey, how'd, how'd I go about getting that? Well, Mr. Boston, <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you today in terms of claiming that, but first I'm going to need you to tell me, just tell me what happened in the accident. Alright, okay then, pal. Silly, like, I was driving, like, the kids to school, like, and I've got we Alfie and Ellie in the back, uh, right? And and as I'm driving, this fucking bus just comes like screeching out of nowhere, <laughs> and I've I've got like no chance of stopping in time. So I just I hit the bus like I, you know, which which wouldn't it be that bad? Except we Alfie and Ellie in the back, they they hasn't got no seat belts on, right? So they go flying forward, right? They they smash their heads. And they just like they are just stone cold fucking dead. <laughs> uh, but but the bit that was proper bad like was that I got some proper bad whiplash from it all, and it, and it took us months before I was feeling the and that. And he, 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 you know, are you taking what... the piss, mate? <laughs> yeah, yes, I am, pal. Are you doing a fucking fake voice as well, you cheeky twat? <laughs> <laughs> and then he slammed the phone down on me. <laughs> How did that feel? A satisfying oh, it, was, moment. it was like reliving it, um, uh, reading it out. The actual, the, the moment when he when he said to me, "Are you doing a fucking fake voice as well, you cheeky twat?" was was marvelous. And you, you may well have heard mm. as I was reading that out that the accent started to wane. Mm. Yeah. He did that during yeah. the call. I think that was the thing that sort of gave it away in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was that was a that kind of made my afternoon. Joel, if you're listening, you weren't a very good sport. Joel, if if you're listening to this, just just get a real job. Yeah, you harass the you harass the elderly in <laughs> yeah, the infirm. Joel, you know that you like spend all of your work hours just ringing old people and trying to con them out of money. Well, why don't you just do society a favour? Go back home to your wife, who's sexually unfulfilled, and your children who don't love you. And just fucking kill yourself. Joe, you know... Do you... I can't, no, I can't top that. You Fair can't enough. Fair that one. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop there. No, I, I've always had this rule um, whereby if I ever get a cold call, I have to make the person on the receiving end hang up rather than myself. Okay. Right. So I essentially try to do a Joel. I try to get them to slam the phone down ideally calling me a twat in the process. Do you get that often when, when people call you up? I don't get many... Uh, Do you not get any them really angry? No, I tried, I I've get... tried. A couple I, of times. I like... Because I, I do this quite a lot, and I mm -hmm. usually go for different spiels and just yeah. say whatever occurs to me in the moment. I've had people just hang up on me before. I've had people say, I'm really sorry, sir, but I've got to terminate this call. Yeah. I've never before had someone call me a cheeky twat and slam mm -hmm. the phone See, this down. is interesting. I like doing this sort of thing because I don't get many cold calls to my mobile. Yeah. But when I go home over the holidays, that sort of stuff, and you get the calls to the landline, yeah. uh... it'd be like seven, six. I don't know why they call so late. You don't think they'd be working at six, seven <laughs> in the night, but they do. But it's when they think people will be in. Yeah. And, and and they call you up and you pick up the phone and you're like, yes, I'm ready. I always, <laughs> I always say that the person they're calling for, which in this case is Miss Reynolds, which is my mom, 
pose, just go, she's dead. <laughs> I yeah, once... she only died last week. And then, I, and then I pretend to have a breakdown over the phone and people feel really bad and they don't want to say, you know, I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I once, uh, I had a phone call. It was someone trying to tell me something. It was like an Indian lad. Uh, hence the accent I may try to do. Um, but essentially he sort of rings up and goes, hello, uh, is this Martin Owen here? I don't know what that accent was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he rings up and says, uh, this is Martin Owen, which is my dad's name. Hello, if you're listening. Um, and yeah, and I said, oh no, no, this is this is uh, Bob Owen. This is Bob Owen, which is actually kind of my name. Uh, I might have said Rob, but whatever. I, I gave a variation okay, on my name. Right. Um, and he said, oh, well, is, is Mr. Martin Owen there? And I said, um, oh, he's, he's out at the moment. He said, oh, well, uh, what is your relation to him? I said, he's my lover. I busted him before he could give me any variation. I said, yeah, uh, he's, he's my, my lover. Um, <laughs> we're hoping to get married. And this was slightly before the sort of gay, mas- gay, gay massage. The gay massage. The gay massage. Gay was. marriage bills went through slightly before I could have said husband. So it was topical. Yeah, it was yeah. topical at the time. Um, and he sort of said to me, so you're both men? And like, clearly, I don't know why he went down this line of conversation. Like, considering he's trying to sell me something, it shouldn't matter. But he was too intrigued by um, my potential sexuality with my own father. That he had no choice but to query you further on Exactly. It. Mm. And so I sort of said, yeah, does that matter? And you went, oh, no, no, it is, it is good by me. Um, I just, just found it unusual. And I then went, do you know what it's like, mate, to be judged on the basis <laughs> of sexuality? Every day I get this. School was a nightmare. Every day. I, I was openly out when I was in year eight. And yet, every single day, all I heard was gay this, gay that. Like, I'm proud of being, uh, of the fact that I like men. And yet, here I am being uh, simplified, uh, being mocked by a man down the phone trying to sell me stuff. So I'd recommend you hang up now and save what little dignity you have before I complain to somebody or other. It was worth that general effect. And how did he receive that? He hung up immediately down then. <laughs> ah, would, like... I tend to find if you get angry and tell them to hang up, they tend to hang up. Uh, my other best one, I don't remember the details of this, but I once told they were offering, it was a similar thing to you. Um, they were offering me money for an accident or something. Um, and I said, oh yeah, no, I need that. Um, I didn't get as many loyalties on Bob as I wanted. And they went, Bob, what's, what's, what's Bob? I said, oh yeah, I'm the creator of Bob the Builder. Um, <laughs> and he believed me, he went with it for for. For some time, <laughs> that was that was impressive, and I kept spinning it and spinning it um, until event. I was talking to him for like forty minutes. Uh, it was a Tuesday evening. I remember uh, I was waiting to put my tea in. That's okay, and we're evening. all very very proud of you, Robbie. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad somebody is. Discharge. Pack your bags and get your things. Because I'm ending the show with a sing, we're going to leave the show now. Da, 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 da. Verbal discharge. Hey, that was good. That was good. I think we need that as a regular theme tune. Please, no. I might, I might take that out and put it on the end of every single show. Oh, oh. no. Oh, no. Don't like let that improvised little bit of bullshit come back to haunt I enjoyed me. it. It was like CBBS, but for with more sort of death threats to um, phone workers. <laughs> Also, if Joel is listening, I mean, I'm not saying that you should kill yourself. I'm just saying... No, you did. You did. You said that pretty explicitly. <laughs> well, maybe, Joel, you should just kill yourself. And maybe, I don't know, the world would just be a better place without you. I would love it, love it, love it if Joel is one of our listeners. He just didn't recognise you because of your really impressive Scottish accent. 
Oh no, because we need that one listener. <laughs> but um, yeah, I believe that we are now drawing today's episode of Verbal Discharge to a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, and one thing that we didn't discuss in the sort of before we launch into this, this week's question of the week. Oh, and what is the oh, question yeah. of the week? Uh, right, Jordan, have you got one? <laughs> um, Let's stop the recording for a moment. No, it's okay. We'll just keep going. Okay. Keep recording. Hey, I've got one, guys. Have you got one, James? I've got one. After a completely, like, th- there was no pause there. There was no pause there. There was no, like, several-minute pause while we sat around. <laughs> that, that we've edited out. That didn't exist. That wasn't there. It did not happen. So, my Seamless. question of the week, the question of the week, the verbal the... discharge query of the Friday. Period query yeah. of the Friday. Oh, yeah! Bourbons or custard creams. Answers on a postcard or Which to any better. of our social media platforms. You can find those at VerbDisRadio on Twitter. You can email us stuff at VerbalDischarge.com or is it .co.uk? Uh, hello at VerbalDischarge.co.uk seems to be working. Uh, things isn't for some reason. Uh, stuff might be. I haven't checked that today. So hello at VerbalDischarge. It's all over the place. Just, email. Just, just say it on our Facebook, guys. Yeah. You, you know how it works. Uh, we're now Facebook.com forward slash VerbalDischarge so you can get to us that way. Hell yes. So, as always, thank you very much for listening in. Yes. I hope that it's been an enjoyable however long this has run on for. Mm. Mm. And, mm. yeah, I guess I guess we'll see you next week, listeners. Yeah. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us next week. You'll hear us, and we won't hear you. Jordan, final word of the show. Onomatopoeia. Pack your bags and get your things Because I'm ending the show with a sing We're going to leave the show now Verbal discharge Pack your bags And get your things Because I'm ending the show with a sing we're going to leave the show now. Da, 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 da. Verbal discharge. And now following this, this, this is on, jazz music. You, you and yes, yeah, this is this is where no, this is where I'll I'll edit in actual jazz music in the place of the place of. I mean, that's that's great. That's great and all, James. But you can stop. You can you can, you can stop now, James. I can't make good saxophone noises anyway. It's fine. I'm going to edit it in. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um. Verbal discharge. <laughs>